Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 17 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Kelly Hightower of the Mating Habits of the Modern Geek podcast. How are you this morning, Kelly? I'm doing well, Joe. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. A little bit of a cold, so I apologize to the listeners if there's a little bit of uh, congestion, but we're going to try and be as clear and uh, and non-sniffly as possible. <laughs> it's that time of year. Everyone should be able to forgive it, you. It is, it is, and hopefully, hopefully nobody's having to suffer through it on their ends. Um, we're going to jump right into the interview. Kelly, tell us about yourself. So, uh, like you said, my name is Kelly Hightower. I am a proud geek in my late 30s who uh, I host a podcast called Mating Habits of the Modern Geek where we discuss dating and relationship issues and topics for geeks who are interested in dating other geeks. Um, because it's a little bit – dating is difficult in the best of standards and the best of times. And right. sometimes those of us who, who suffer from, you know, some social problems or, you know, we are a little bit excluded or, or a little bit exclusive, uh, we, we might need a little extra help. So I've been doing that since June of 2012 and have had a lot of success with it. We, we have a good time. I've done um, convention panels and uh, I've run some speed dating events at conventions and uh, – you know, have been asked to be a guest at some smaller conventions, but they're conventions nonetheless. And so I've just uh, had a really good time running that show. And about me personally, I am um, a small business owner. I am pretty involved in my uh, local community and just, you know, like to get down in a geeky way. That's awesome. That's awesome. And yes, there are plenty of people out there who can definitely use your advice. So hopefully we can pick your brain a little bit a little bit later in the show. Yes. <laughs> um and and I just recently discovered your your podcast and it is just absolutely delightful. Oh, well, thank it is you. so much fun to listen to. Um and and it's funny because you know, I'm married with a husband who's not geeky. Um although he's getting more and more frustrated. He's like, "I'm trying." <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Um but uh, but it's still it's just general good advice for life sometimes you well, know sure sure and and you know it's I I like to because I, I at the time I, at the moment I am single and so I like to basically say I'll tell you give you advice on what not to do like we uh-huh. I might not we might not have the advice on how to get along with other geeks and how to <laughs> be successful but I can definitely tell you what does not work from experience. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what areas do you feel that your geekitude is strong? So um, I'm a big media geek. Um, I have like, as far as like TV shows go, big Star Trek fan, big Doctor Who fan. Um, I uh, own all the Battlestar Galactica. A big Bab Five fan. Farscape, I think, and I will go down with the ship on this is possibly one of the best sci-fi shows of all time. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, anything, basically anything sci-fi, SG-1, uh, Stargate Atlantis. I'm also a big horror geek, so, um, Walking Dead is a big deal to me. Uh, Hannibal, uh, the TV show, uh, was, was amazing. And then I like all the, the mainstream things that most people like, like Game of Thrones and, um, Archer and big, I'm a big Tia Boo. So, uh, Sherlock, 
and and a lot of you know the British type geeky things. Well, that's a Doctor mm-hmm, Who. Mm-hmm. Those are those are my strong suits there. As far as comics, I just recently got back into comics about a year ago. I used to collect X Men religiously back in the early '90s when the cartoon came out. Um, yeah. It got me into it, and so I started collecting the early '90s series up until probably 2000. And then um, got out of that because, you know, you look at your house and it's covered in comics. Right. <laughs> like, I cannot bring myself to throw them away. However, I need to move on with my life. I can't, I can't build a house to house my comics. But um, recently I've gotten um, back into uh, reading trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite things right now are Saga, Sex Criminals, um, Wicked and Divine, anyone who's into a more – um, adult, less comic-y type comic book, really should check those out. They're, like, the best. And then um, horror comics like Nailbiter and Witches, I think, are really good. Um, Nailbiter, I think, is in its fourth volume in trade paperback, so that's been going on a while. And then um, Bitch Planet is good. It's a, a it's a very, if you're, if you're a super feminist, you might really like Bitch Planet. Um, it's satisfying. <laughs> and, and I'm more of a, I'm more of a Marvel person than a DC person. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Marvel is set in a world that I live in, whereas DC is set in, a, in an imaginary world. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and so um, as far as Marvel goes, big Angela fan. I was an Angela fan back when she was in Spawn, um, mm-hmm. back with Image, and then Neil Gaiman won her and the rights to her and sold her to Marvel. <laughs> I was so happy because <laughs> um, now she's Thor's sister. Spoiler alert, that was from a year ago. Um and so uh, reading Thor and Angela, uh, still pick up a couple X-Men here and there. And as far as DC goes, I'd have to I'm – a, I'm a Batman girl. I like Batman far more than Superman. Um, get into this argument with my nerd friends a lot. <laughs> and so right now, uh, Batgirl of Burnside's really good if you're looking for a good uh, way to, to, to get into a new DC comic. Um, that's a cute one. Movies, I think, are probably more of what I, I – I'm like passionate about Star Wars. The most recent one changed my life. Um, I was a big Star Wars fan. Uh, I was born a month after Star Wars <laughs> A New Hope came mm-hmm. out. So uh, Star Wars has kind of always been in my life because my parents are movie geeks. And um, so I think I, my, I looked at my movie shelf as too big to, to bring up. So my I think the movies that best describe me are the Star Wars movies. The Aliens franchise, all of them. I even like the fourth one. Um, didn't like Prometheus, but it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's not part of it. Um, but that's when I was a little girl. That's what I, I was. I was Ripley, so I would go outside and pretend to kill aliens, and and that was that was sort of my jam. And then I got to say, I like the Lord of the Rings movies better than the books. That's the sort of geek I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm a woman, so the books really held no relatability to me like there were no you know there were no women in the books and then the movies you know put puts a little bit of romance in i'm like well now i can i can get into this um big big into video games so uh mass effect uh the bioware mass effect game i don't know if you're familiar Mm -hmm. um that to me is the pinnacle of all video games i've been playing video games since about 89 Mm-hmm. And um, the, the I think the Bioware is just the absolute best. It combines great sort of not first person, it's third person shooting, but it just with the with the RPG element, 
it's just it's like it's a whole new world. I just absolutely I I'm really obsessed with Mass Effect. Um, if I ever get married again, it will be a Mass Effect theme. Um, (laughs) 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 And so, um, subsequently, really like Dragon Age, love the Assassin's Creed franchise. Um, If you take Unity out, Unity was terrible, but all the rest of them I think are really good, especially Syndicate, which just came out, is a triumph uh, for Ubisoft. And I am a Destiny nerd. I've been uh, playing Destiny. I'm a year one. Player. I've been playing pretty religiously for the past couple of years with good friends. Uh, most of my co-hosts <laughs> at one time, either they play Destiny or they did play it. And um, and so that's kind of, the, since nothing new has come out, that's pretty much what I, I, I play a couple hours of Destiny every day. So that's, you know, I could be at the gym, but, you know, there's Destiny to play. But why? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I'm getting back into RPGs. So mm-hmm. I played a lot of D&D, um, Pathfinder. Adventure. Uh, I played a, a, a Shadowrun, Eberron. I played a lot of that stuff. Probably, it started in the late '90s, and for about eight years, I had a gaming group. We met every single Thursday without fail. Um, That's so awesome. Yeah, it was it was really great. And then ki- people had kids, and stuff happened, and so that broke up. And so now I'm trying to to get back into it. Been playing a little bit of Delta Green, which is a Call of Cthulhu based FBI government conspiracy type RPG. Um That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It's pretty it's it's pretty neat. The um I mean I miss Sacco, but what can you do? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually have found um there was a PDF version, a fan hack of Mass Effect where they cuz they never they, it was a game that was made to be an RPG and mm-hmm. BioWare never made it an RPG because for reasons there was money reasons cuz you know Big businesses don't like to take risks, and someone, a fan, basically made, uh, based on the Fate core rule system, a Mass Effect RPG, and it's beautiful. They did all the, I mean, it's it, yeah, it's copyright infringement, but it's still gorgeous. They didn't make any money off of it, and so, right, right. so this this PDF of this game has existed for a couple years, and they just updated it in uh, 2014, and I found it, and I actually spent a significant amount of money getting it bound into a book. Oh, wow. Yeah, to motivate me to go ahead and run the campaign. So I'm giving myself three months to come up with the campaign and actually run it with my friends who are as obsessed with that game world as I am. So that's like my new my new jam uh, as far as RPGs go. So hopefully I'll be I'll be back into it pretty soon because that that is, I think, the pinnacle of fun is to be around your friends, geeking out, doing you know, something that's creative and something that is, you know, not just sitting around watching TV or, you know, sitting around watching a thing. It's actually participating. But that, that I think that those are some of the most fun times in my life was, was being in that gaming group. So I'm going to try to recreate the magic. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand. First of all, I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one who has spent a lot of money trying to make their own RPG books <laughs> because I remember um, when uh, I used to play back in the – the early '90s, the the '80s Marvel RPG. Yes. And we printed out a a guide that somebody had edited and put all the edits into the PDF and and made it all kind of nice and wonderful. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to use my book when this is so much better. I'll just get those um those sleeves, which you know are still expensive, but at the time were ridiculously expensive. And I back to back sleeved those things. Oh wow. <laughs> In a binder, so I still have it. It is sitting right next to me. (laughs) 
the links will go to, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like I had a, I, I had a, a, a episode of, of this show with somebody who plays a regular game, and it made me start thinking about it. So I got it out of storage to leave through it, and it's sitting on the desk right next to me. It's, there, there's nothing more fun, it really and truly. If you get a good DM. And and you get a good group of people together. It's the most fun you'll ever have. I've always envied people who've been able to stick with a group because I played most of my gaming in college was kind of over like AOL chat rooms, right? <laughs> where you could like do the little role feature and kind of chat your your information to each other. And then um, I actually ran a game with some of my students and a teacher uh, a couple years ago. And it was fun, but everybody, it's just so hard to keep something like that going. It takes so much commitment on everybody's part. It really does. And with this one, um, one of my best friends, he now, who I used to game with, he now lives in New York. And so mm. I, he is he's as obsessed with Mass Effect as I am. And so I said, I'm running the game. And he was like, what? He's like, you're going to have to figure out a way to Skype me in. And it's so mm. much better now because we have Skype. So I, he can actually see the table. Like he can actually see what we're doing. And so I'm, I'm, re, I'm like trying to orchestrate this sort of WebEx type, <laughs> like, <laughs> like web conferencing thing to be able to get him in because A, he's super fun to play with, and B, I just, as the idea of role playing, you know, across several states, because I'm on the East Coast, but I'm still, you know, I'm an hour flight away from, from New York City, to have like, <laughs> to be able to play with him on a bi-weekly basis would be amazing. So, so yeah, but it is, it's hard. And the the older we get, the more people have kids, the more people have commitments, right. and it's just it's it is really difficult um, to to keep the group together past a certain age. I predict in in you know maybe twenty thirty years there's going to be a lot of RPGs running in retirement homes. I hope so. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think I think that's the direction it's going to go. I think after people are going to retire and have all this time, and the kids are grown, it's going to be like, all right, all right, Eunice, come on over. <laughs> I love that in your Roll a couple d20s. I love that in your future we're going to be able to retire. I love that. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, we're hopeful. <laughs> but no, I and I think that I mean, if you are, are concerned like I, I always get concerned that I'm not working my brain enough because I do like the I do play a lot of video games. I do, you know, after I'm done with my with my work, I do kind of just sit around and do nothing. And so, uh-huh. even though I think I think video games do stimulate your brain, but it, it, there's something about sitting down and having to read a core rule book and come up with a character and come up with that stuff. I'm like, this is like homework. Like this is like, <laughs> exactly this is yes. like, this is like college level thinking here. So I hope so. That that would be wonderful. A bunch of, of, um, you know, hopefully they'll still have Mountain Dew and Cheetos when we're, when we're that age. <laughs> Absolutely. Although probably at that point, so many things have been found to be bad for us that, you know, they've, they, they're not going to taste at all like they do now. That's true. <laughs> Maybe they'll be virtual. Maybe we'll be able to have like exactly. Mountain Dew and Cheetos. That'd be great. <laughs> I like this future. I like this future. Um, do you have any areas where you feel your geekitude is low, where you're not uh, not so invested? Yes, I get and I, and I get I get crap for this. Um, I have tried my best. I do not like Magic the Gathering. I I've <laughs> and like this is a big deal. I have I have friends that own a comic book store, and like like Magic is the big like that like Friday nights you cannot get into the place because everybody's playing right, Magic. Right. And I've tried to play it, and I'm just I, my attention span's really short. Which is uh-huh. the other thing I'm not good at is board games. Like I, <laughs> I was once when probably 
back in 2000 was the first time I was ever, someone asked me to play Settlers of Catan. And, like, they're loving it. Like, it's like, I felt like they had, like, taken a drug that I hadn't beforehand. They were just <laughs> loving it. And I'm like, you know, can I get, you know, wood for your sheep? LOL. And I'm like, I'm bored out of my mind. And <laughs> so then it, I became ostracized because I didn't like the game. And they were like, something's wrong with her. She doesn't like Settlers of Catan. And so then I was tricked. I went to a board game party, and I was like, I'm not playing Settlers, you guys. And they're like, whatever. We don't want you to play anyway because you clearly hate it. And so someone's like, why don't you come play this game called Puerto Rico? And I'm like, well, that sounds saucy and amazing. Let me go play that game. It was Settlers in another country. And so, <laughs> like, when they're like, would you like to trade indigo and coffee? I'm like, you tricked me. You tried to get Puerto Rican Settlers. And I'm not playing. <laughs> this is the worst. So I'm not I'm not a very competitive person unless I know I'm really good at what it is I can do. Right. So I just board game when people say, let's have a board game night. I'm like, well, let me be the bartender or something. Like, I, I, I want other people to be happy. And I like quick games like card games, you know, Cards Against Humanity, Exploding Kittens. Like, if it's a quick game that's not going to take more than 20 minutes right down but if we're if we're gonna have to leave the board and come back another day to play again i would rather jump off a cliff i'm just not <laughs> i'm like this is boring let's just talk about people or something I'm like, this is oh my god okay i'm 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 gonna take a risk here and right now declare you my spirit animal <laughs> are you the same do you not like these things either oh uh, no well okay i i i i haven't played a lot of magic the gathering and i love hearthstone which is you know a virtual card game right um, so, but I, it does the thinking for me. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sit there and try and figure out, all right, who played what first and how does this go? And I just spent, you know, half a paycheck on one card yes. and I just can't, I can't do it. And, and board games, I have a colleague who likes to bring board games down to lunch. And the good thing is, is that he has introduced me to a lot of very quick games because we only have so much time at lunch to play. Uh-huh. And those are fine, but as soon as you get into something that gets on to, yeah, like a half hour, 40 minutes, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, no, I I went to a New Year's Eve party, and after midnight, someone brought out Agricola. I don't know if you've ever, it's it's basically. I haven't. Okay, so Agricola, is, it's like a settler's type game where you basically, all these games are about let's, you know, let's, you know, get into the mercantile system. And it's uh-huh. about like making enough food for your set for your family, and there's all these little wooden pieces. And they set up this Agricola game, and like at 5 a.m. they called it quits and said, "We'll come back to this later." And like it is New Year's Eve, you have like <laughs> I'm a little bit superstitious. I'm like you have set up your entire New Year to be bored and incomplete. Like that's <laughs> it's, like what has happened here. But yeah, uh... and the card game thing, like I get it because I'm a collector, so I understand the collector aspect of it and the opening the mm-hmm. packs. But I, I got in on the ground level um, back when Diamond had uh, the Star Trek a customizable card game license. Right. And so they, I, I was able to actually get like some of the first beta packs, like at the very beginning, because I was friends with another person who owned a game store. I, I know who to make friends with. I go, I can make friends with games people who own game stores. And so the cards, like there were maybe a hundred cards that existed at all. Like there's just, there was a hundred in the set and I was really good at that game because I only had to remember a hundred things. <laughs> right. right, and, then right. They ex- and I was like, I would, I would go, we'd have like these little mini tournaments and I'd win and I always like to win. But then they introduced this expansion pack that was like, here's a hundred more cards. And I was like, I'm out. I can't. Be <laughs> I'm done. I retire. I can't be bothered. Who wants these cards? I don't want them anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's good to hear because 
I, I live in a in a real like you know board game proud group. So. Right, and sometimes and for me it's like I don't like I like I don't mind being competitive in a place where we're kind of all evenly matched right. or you know. But until I know that I'm not going to have a group member get you know fussy because he's not winning, I I it stresses me out and I'm like. <laughs> Like, I want everybody to get along. Right. So if we're going to have fun doing this, awesome. If people are going to be, like, pouting and crying at the end of this, then it is not worth my time. What you need to – I, I, I say this to people. I like um, – because it's a quick game. I like Bananagrams. Uh-huh. And so if you want to see if someone's dating material, watch them lose a game of Bananagrams and see how they act. <laughs> because I have gone out – I've dated people who seem perfectly nice and fine, and then you challenge them on a Bananagrams word. And they lose their minds, and it's like, well, you're unstable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's rough. It's time to call it quits because you can't handle being told that this, in fact, is not a word. No matter how many times you try to look it up, <laughs> it's not a word, and you lost bananagrams. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have filled it. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> well, we are on the same page. Good. 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 Um, yeah, absolutely. What projects do you have going on right now, Kelly? Um, I am I like I said before, I'm definitely most of my geek time is spent working on this Mass Effect game. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces, but I'm going to I'm going to pin it down and uh and and run the heck out of it. And I have a struggling meetup group that I don't I'm still up in the air about what to do with it and I keep going, <laughs> going to people for advice. Um, if, if, uh, people aren't aware, so meetup is, uh, a thing where it's, it's an online sort of people make groups and try to meet up with new people in their community and it's free to join and to join the groups. If you run a group, it is not free. It's like $12 a month. And if you have more than 50 people, it goes to, I think, $20 a month. And so immediately, so I started a group called Trigger Warning Geeks. Um, and it was going to be just a very low key non-themed group essentially it was a way for me to tell people when i was going to a movie and if they wanted Uh to come with me this is how you get it's like i'm going to go to this movie at this time would you like to go with me and the problem is i mean a hundred and so people joined the group and i only knew about 20 of them so like it was it was like oh good okay so people have interest no one comes to anything that i don't already know like I was, we've had probably a dozen meetups so far. It's it's a, uh-huh. like the club's a year old. We try to do one every month, and every single time we do like a meetup, we've done movies, we've done um, like meetups in coffee shops. All twenty of my friends come, like they're like, yeah, we'll be there. And then there's always one strange person who none of us know, who RSVPs but then doesn't show up. And so I'm sitting there, you know, looking at my bank account, like, well, I could just meet up with these people on Facebook. Like, these, right, <laughs> these right, right. Like, I did it in conjunction with the show to sort of be like, hey, here's a, if you, if you live locally, um, I'm out of, I'm out of North Carolina. I'm like, if you live locally, you can join this group. And if you're looking for friends, we go and do things. And so it just, it's, I'm, I don't know what to do with it. People are giving me advice about having different types of meetups. And, and I'm like, yeah, but nobody's going to come to that either. Um, I've gotten some success. Apparently, everyone wants to see Deadpool, which is coming yeah. out. Um, I don't know when this will go out, but it, 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 we're, we're going to go see it on the 12th and, or the 11th. And um, and so there's some, some new people who I don't already know who have signed up to this meetup, but let's see if they show. I mean, <laughs> right, right, all right. signs point to they might not. And, you know, I'll, I'll give it another six months or so, but otherwise I'll be like, well, this didn't work and stop <laughs> and just disband the group. I, it, I can't. I I usually am have a good 
read on people and how to get them motivated and get them to come do things. But this, this, I've messed up with this meetup thing. I don't know what. I mean, I have a marketing background. I don't know what to do. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this got to be this got to be really frustrating. Well, especially to see such such interest. Like people, you know, sign up to it and ask me questions. Like, what sorts of things are we doing? And I'm like, well, here's what's coming up. New person I don't know, and they're like, oh, that sounds amazing. And then they don't. They have no. They don't show. Yeah. And we do it at different – we've done weekends, we've done weeknights. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the magic formula is. And it could just be that all meetup groups are having this problem because <laughs> I, th- I thought back to it. I'm a member of three meetup groups I've never been to. <laughs> right, exactly. I think it's just kind of that uh, – it sounds like a good idea at the time, and then there's always that social anxiety of I don't know anybody there. Right. And if I don't have anybody to go with me, I'm not going to go. Yeah, and <laughs> Especially, especially, and the older I get, the worse it gets. But I'm one of those people that if someone cancels plans, I couldn't be more excited. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I don't have to like, you know, wash my hair. I can just sit here in my pajamas and continue to play video games. Thank you. Like, I'm so glad. It's not just me. Yeah, it's so sad, but it's it really and truly is. You know, you want to see friends and you want to go out and do stuff, but especially if they cancel right right before I have to start getting ready to go. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. yeah not after, because at that point, it's like, well, now I've gotten up and right. I'm dressed. <laughs> then you start thinking about, like, who have I not seen in a while who might be available? Like, let's go do something. Because exactly. I put on all this. For me, I'm like, I put on all this makeup. <laughs> and it looks good. I got my I both, both of my eyeliner wings are even. I'm going out, or I'm going to take 100 selfies of myself. <laughs> One of those two things, if not both, is happening. But, yeah. So. Well. What you might want to do is throw the um, events up on uh, the Nerd Out app. We had a uh, a guest on a while ago named L who has an app called Nerd Out, and it's basically a, a nerd what's going on calendar. Oh, cool. And so if you look at that, it might have um, – I've never actually put a an event on there, but – that might be a way to kind of get more people interested in it. And since it's going through the app, there's like a social networking community kind of built in. That's not a bad plan. I definitely, I just wrote that down when you said it. I'll definitely check into that. At this point, I'll do anything. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> put it anywhere. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it is fun to go out with friends, but if you're the whole point is to go out with people and meet new people, right. it's kind of bad if there's no new people. Well, true. And also, you know, I, I don't have to pay $20 a month to <laughs> – Hang out with the same people. Like I can hang out with these people for free. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no, but I'll definitely I'll try that out. So nerd out, and it's an app. Yeah. Okay, definitely. Very cool. What is your favorite fandom? So um, I knew you were going to ask this, and I put a lot of thought into it because I do a lot because I deal with geek interactions and social interactions. I have a lot of uh, opinions about different types of fandoms. Uh-huh. And I'm involved in many different types of fandoms, and I think that they all have their problems, with the exception of uh, the Doctor Who fandom, I think is one of the only fandoms where 95% of the time everybody's still having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they, people, don't, don't t- they, people tend not to be critical of the different types of cosplay. They're not critical about new people just joining in. Like it's, and it could be because the show's been around for over 60 years, but – you know, the the idea that – over 50 years – the idea that, you know, it, it, anybody can dress like any doctor they want in any sort of combination, and no one's going to call them out on it. It's not a very call-out type of – it's not a call-out culture type of, of fandom. 
Right. And so it's fun. It's always fun. Like I, I very rarely hear anyone who's in the Who fandom complaining about other Whovians, um, <laughs> which is really refreshing. <laughs> and a, and a rarity. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a it, very big rarity. Seriously, and 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 you know, I. I in every other fandom, be it, you know, video game fandom or anime or anything like that, there's always going to be a subsection of people who just want to hate on everything and be contrary and, and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, with the exception of, I said 95%, because whenever there's a new doctor, there's always a backlash of the people who like the older, the, the original doctor before right. the new one came in. And so that's, that's kind of common. Um, and we saw a lot of that with uh, Peter Capaldi when he came on because he is an older gentleman. Um, I mean, he still does it for me, but a lot of a lot of <laughs> Matt Smith, who was before him, was much much younger and brought in a much younger audience who had never mm-hmm. gone through a Doctor Who regeneration change. And so when the new actor came on, it was like, wait a minute, who's this guy? And so that was one of the only times they ever saw any. Uh, Hoovian backlash. Uh, other than that, the fandoms making cakes and TARDIS dresses, and mm-hmm. you know, every, everybody is just getting involved and having a good time. Everybody has theories and and head cannons, and you know, you go on Tumblr and and it's always it's it's very rarely a fight, which you know, as you know, in most other fandoms doesn't happen. So yeah, so that's that's my favorite because they always keep it refreshing. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, they've they've got a very good good group going on, and. Uh... Part of the reason why I will uh, I'll bring it up later in the news section, but part of the reason why I'm a little bit disappointed about recent news because I'm trying I'm trying to get into Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and I feel like like the uh, universe is saying nope nope not going to happen, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a little right. bit. Last last question, and this, you're actually the last guest that is going to get this question. I've had enough people answer it with um, the same answer. That uh, I think it's time to move on, but I'm going to ask you what your guilty pleasure is, although I've been told by many guests and many people at this point that we should not have guilty pleasures. We should be proud of the things we love. Well, that you know, I, I used to do a thing on my show uh, that was like, what's your geek cred? Because I just uh-huh. wanted to do, like you do, just like to introduce new co-hosts and talk about what the things that they're into. And yeah, when I sat back and thought about it, I was like, they shouldn't have to prove what sort of geek they are. And I was like, I have to reframe how I do this. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no, I, and, but I, it's not a guilty pleasure. Cause you're right. I, I proudly, uh, I go to the bookstore and buy cheesy paranormal romance novels. Um, I mean, if the more erotic, the better, like if there, <laughs> if there's a, if there's a vampire that changes into a werewolf, that's also a, like a wizard, who loves a normal girl from North Carolina. Yeah, like I want to buy that whole series. <laughs> like <laughs> I have so like my my friends have bookshelves with all these like very deep, you know, like famous books like <laughs> like in a leather bound mini leather bound novels. All of my bookshelves are either paranormal young adult paranormal romance, which are not as uh-huh, exotic, uh-huh. but I remember being in high school and and like to read about it or like just straight up, like you wouldn't. You're, you're like, no, mom, you can't borrow this book. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and and there's a huge community on Goodreads of those of us who like these sort of novels, and it's really funny to like go to a party, um, especially like a like a work function or something where you, you're not gonna basically let your freak flags fly too high, and um, to hear someone mention. One of these authors, like my favorite author of this of the paranormal romance, is J.R. Ward, and she writes about these super super hyper masculine vampire brothers. Um, 
And so uh-huh. and she has like 13 books in the series. But to hear someone mention something, there's lots of taglines and one-liners from the book. And it's like you – it reminds me almost of like the, the uh, gay colored hanky culture. Of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. like, you know, where you would like not be like, oh, hey, you know, you also know about this thing. Let's talk. <laughs> it's like, we'll go to the corner and be like, okay, so what do you think is going to happen with so-and-so and so-and-so? Yeah, so that, you know, I mean, they're proudly displayed. I don't hide it, but it's not necessarily something I would have put on my resume because people who don't read cheesy paranormal romance novels probably aren't going to get it. But. Right. Well, and yeah. that's the great thing about Goodreads. Goodreads has those lists yes. where you can print, and they're very specific. <laughs> <laughs> they're very specific. <laughs> well, it's like it's like fan fiction. I've gotten to a point now because I've been reading fan fiction since there was an internet, since internet had dial up, and um, uh-huh. and that's in fact how I got into a lot of my other my, the fandoms that I was into. Like I didn't read the first Harry Potter book until I had read my first Harry Potter fic, and then I was like, oh. Well, this might be something I would be actually interested in, um, but uh, there's nothing better than a real than a search engine on a fan fiction site with a really good filter, because you know uh-huh. exactly what you want to read. Like you, it's not like oh, I'm going to browse and see what. No, you know you want you want to be able to filter who's in it, what they do in it, what time period it's set in. Like, <laughs> give me give me that just like this. <laughs> so, so yeah, so good Goodreads has been has has been good for that and has shown me a lot of, of books that I wouldn't normally have seen because they're not putting these books like at the very front at, at Barnes and Noble. So, so yeah, I, uh, I enjoy a good, <laughs> enjoy a good list of, if you like this, you'll probably like this. And I'm like, you're probably yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I didn't put it on the list. So if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. But I am going to, I'm going to throw to you the, uh, the new question, which is the, is there anything out there that you think is underrated that you want everybody to know about? Hmm. Underrated. I, the only thing I can think of are, are TV shows uh-huh. that get a lot of bad press, um, but are actually, I think, really good. And there's three of them. One of them is uh, – well, two of them have been around for a while, and they keep getting renewed, but people talk junk about them. I really like Grimm on NBC, um, and which is a show about a, a – like, it's a very, like, Grimm fairy tale sort of show. Oh, we are, we are a Grimm household. Oh, okay, good. yeah. Like, I, out of all the things that I watch that have any Greek, geek connection at all, Grimm is the one that my husband is like, okay, let's watch this now. Yeah, no. Grim is a terrific show, and people yeah. give me because I mean the graphics aren't that great, but I mean it's a TV show. They have they don't have the same budget. Like it's no, and it's also these are make believe things. Of course they're going to look fake because they don't exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I think Grim is really good. I think Sleepy Hollow is really good. Um, and I think that Sleepy Hollow is good not only because I like the story, but also I like the fact that the majority of the characters in there are minority characters. Right. And that's something that, that piques my interest because it shows, A, it can be done and it can be done well, and it's not about the fact that they're minority characters. Every time they introduce someone new on that show, they happen to typically be black. And I think that's wonderful mm-hmm. because I don't think we have that enough in regular TV that, where the show isn't about this is a black family. Like it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. the, all, the majority of the cops in this precinct or the sheriffs in this, in this uh, sheriff's department are, happen to be black. And like it, it's never mentioned and never brought up, and I think that's just wonderful. And also the guy who plays Ichabod Crane, I think, is super fine. Um, <laughs> so that helps. 
Yeah, we watched that for a little bit, but with that one kind of in in a, in a shuffle. We we often have to shuffle our shows and go. Okay, this this gets cut. This gets right, cut because right. <laughs> there's just not enough time in the day. And that that one got lost around uh, around season two. Yeah, and I mean, and it it certainly it certainly has had its its low points and high points, and it is the same story over and over again. But I still I I don't know. I, there's something about that show that I'm like, eh, this show has some has some has some decent episodes. And I just recently got into Colony. And okay. and I heard that that is is on teetering ground because it's you know anything sci-fi. There's a whole segment of the population that's like we'll never watch anything sci-fi. There could be football players watching us watch it, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> like I'll never be caught dead watching that sort of thing. Um, but that has 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 been a, a decent show. So I it's like hey, give Colony a chance. I've turned a couple people onto it, and they were like, you're right, that is good. I think, <laughs> and it might also be like I do. I watch my shows based on how really attractive the people are in it. And so <laughs> we all do. Yeah. We all do. So I think his name is Josh Holloway. He's a guy from, he's Sawyer from lost. Oh yes. Yeah. He's the main character on it. And so, okay. Yeah. And, uh, the wife of, um, Rick Grimes from walking dead. Forget, what's her name? Lily? No, I forget what her name was on walking dead, but she, it was Lori on walking Lori, dead. That's right. Um, she, she plays, uh, 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 not a similar character, but she's uh, the wife of Sawyer from Lost on that show. <laughs> it's so funny because the the they're all there's a whole bunch of the guys. Did you ever watch Prison Break? Yes. They're all on shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. All of them. All like um, the uh, the two brothers are on now uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow, and they're both Flash characters. Right. Um. Uh. Lori was the the female love interest. Um, the I think the character was Cuban is on telenovela where he is fabulous. I don't know if you've seen that I show. I haven't seen it yet. I'm I'm waiting to to watch all of them on demand. Oh, tele telenovela is just absolutely fun and charming and hilarious and all the guys are hot. So yeah, you know it, it, that, I was like I need to I need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think I'm trying to remember. I think the guy from the one who plays Monroe on Grimm was in Prison Break too, wasn't he? I think yeah, he was. I think he was. Yeah, I mean, they're it's like they're all on shows, right? Now. Yeah. Well, I think we're starting to do like um, like I said before, I watch a lot of I watch a lot of BBC, and you know, England has 40 actors total that right. are on everything, <laughs> and so. I think in our it's starting to get that way in in our TV world because we our TV shows are they're different than they used to be. There's there's not a lot of sitcoms, a lot more actual drama, and mm-hmm. um, which I I think is a good thing. Um, and and so yeah, we're starting to see the same sorts of people in in different shows, and that's great. I think hey, the more that they're working, the better. Because cause like I remember when like, people would be on Star Trek. Like all their, all the, cause I mean, that show was on for seven years and then you had all the side characters and, you know, the people that would come on for guest appearances or whatever. And so whenever I see an actor and I'm like, where have I seen them? I always go, I'm like, probably Star Trek. Like, probably, right, right, right. Like, like, I guarantee you, if I Google, if I IMDb this person back in the late 80s, they will have been on Star Trek and that's where I recognize them. So that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for for letting us interview you and and find out all about you. Sure. And we will move on to some of the geeky things we did this week. Um, my husband and I just finished Dark Matter um, on streaming. I don't know if you've watched this at all. I haven't. I've heard of it though. Yeah, it's a sci-fi series. 
the concept is that uh, six people wake up on a spaceship and they don't remember who they are. Mm-hmm. And they have to figure out exactly who they are, what their relationship is. They they can do all the stuff that they could do formally. So they'll, you know, they'll fix something and they'll go, how did you do that? I don't know. I just did it. Um, and so it's kind of this ongoing mystery on who are these people and what are they supposed to be doing and who wiped their memory. It's very cool. It's this big sci-fi mystery. And um, did, it, did it end I, well? Did you find out? Does it? Did they reveal? Well, it's a it's a series, so it le- ends with a big cliffhanger. Okay. And I it's it looks like it's going to be a summer show. I think it comes back in June. Oh, okay. Which is nice because I run we run out of shows during the summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially since my husband and I are both teachers, so our summers are pretty open. Right. And and <laughs> there's a lot more TV watching going on during the summer. <laughs> so you you've got June where you catch up on everything that you you couldn't get through um, during the. Uh, the school year and then around that time big brother starts and that is one of my guilty pleasures as i watch we watch big brother religiously right and then uh by the end of july we're kind of all right well what else is out there that we could <laughs> possibly find? like cruising through netflix like what nope seen it seen it seen it seen it yeah exactly <laughs> you're asking friends is there anything that you can recommend <laughs> Uh, and the other kind of geeky thing I did this week, and I blame you for it, <laughs> is uh, because you mentioned it on your last uh, show, is Neko Otsumi, yes. which is just probably the stupidest game ever created for an iPhone. <laughs> but I'm, it's it's just ridiculously addicting. Yeah, it really is. Like, <laughs> it. I would not have played it if the cats that that you collect you could not see their little their little buttholes as exes. Yes. That's the only reason I even got into the game. I was like, well that's adorable. And then I was like, wait, I must have them all. It was a very Pokemon response to like to collect Yes, all of exactly. <laughs> and and I love how every time like I'm I'm logging in right now as I'm talking to you, bitch, because that makes <laughs> amazing radio. And um and it's like every time I, I log in in the morning and there's nobody at my in my backyard, I'm like, well, what happened? Why is all the food gone? Stupid tubs. Tubs, tubs is a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I blame like every time my husband looks over and sees me looking at at uh, the the app, he's like, are you playing that stupid cat game again? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you don't understand. I've got to get Chairman Meow. You don't understand. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's all Kelly's fault. <laughs> Look, somebody turned me onto it. It was I didn't find it on my own. This is how these things spread like a virus. But it's it's funny that you mentioned that because this morning I was watching. Um, I I uh, I don't make many vines, but I have lots of friends who do Vine, the Vine app. I don't even know uh-huh, that's still a thing uh-huh. anymore. And so I was watching, and there's a, a viner called Rex Testarossa, and he's there lying in bed, and he just with you can see the phone screen light on his face. And all you hear is the Neko Atsume uh, theme song, and the caption says, "Play this at my funeral." <laughs> <laughs> like I had to, I had to turn all the sounds off because I was it was the the little theme song became such an earworm that I was like, yeah. I can't, I can't constantly just walk around having this theme song in my head. Yeah, no, and then because you start singing it, and people are looking at you strange, <laughs> and then you're looking at them strange, going, "You play too, don't you?" Exactly. <laughs> 
but yeah, that's a, that's. I'm I'm glad I was able to spread that to you. That will give you at least three weeks of joy before you catch all the cats, and then I I guess you we delete it. I don't know what we do after. We... Yeah, well, I got my first memento this morning, so I guess that's a thing. Is... I guess eventually you get little mementos. Yes. Yes, so so, and I've, I've got friends who've been playing it for months. So apparently, I'm like, did you guys not go read the FAQ to find out what you had to buy to lure the rare cats here? Because <laughs> <laughs> the next step in any game is the cheat. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, you got how sad is it that you're cheating? Where <laughs> 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 I was like, wait, there's a list. Let me get to this list immediately. <laughs> it's like I've got to save up my gold fish so I could buy the you know a clay pot. So I can get Chairman Meow to, to come to my yard. Like, yeah. It's... There, there you go, folks. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the ramblings of a madman. There you go. <laughs> Somebody just table flipped right now. What? Damn it, I was going to try and do this without shit. I know, now she's ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still 40 more for you to collect. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's what funny. did you do this week? What did you get into? So, um, this actually it it closed on a uh, Friday, or excuse me, excuse me, on uh, this past Tuesday. But in Destiny, there's this there's this weekly, well, not weekly. There's a, like a periodically a, a tournament. Um, Destiny is a is a game where you go through and you play. Um, sometimes with, you know with your friends and a, and a fire team of three, and you go through the story missions and you have little strikes and little things you do where you go and shoot aliens, and that's fun uh-huh. and good, and you get prizes and, and, and cash for it. It's awesome. But weekly, or not, I keep saying weekly, periodically, there's a week-long event where it is PvP. So you go and fight other people like you in right. different types of arenas. And it's called Iron Banner. And when I first started playing Destiny last year, I don't I don't like PvP because somebody's always better than me. I don't like to lose. And there's no real interest because the prizes you got for it were not really that great. And um, so I never did the the sort of constant PvP option that they have. Um, When they came out with the last expansion a couple months ago, they started to reward you just for playing one PvP game a day. Just go in for 10 minutes, play this game, and you would get uh, actually uh, legendary marks, which are kind of valuable. And so I'm like, oh, <laughs> me and like none, none of the people in my in my clan. Step it up to the streets is the name of our clan. None of the people in my clan like PvP either. And so it's like, right. oh god, all right, well let's just go. Let's just go and get the legendary mark. Let's just go get in there because we're gonna get killed. Who cares? Like whatever. We don't even care about this. And so we started to do that. Well, you can't just go in there and stand because they'll report you. So you have to participate. Right. And. Actually, it's like, oh, so if I do this once a day, every day for a month, I get good at it? What do you talk about? And so I actually started to get really good. It's called Crucible, at the, the PvP, the Crucible. So uh-huh. when the week-long event came out, which is like super heavy Crucible play for really good prizes, it's called the Iron Banner, and only the most elite Crucible players can join. So I was like, well, I'm not elite, but I can get in on this. Like, I can compete. And I got in, and I played it religiously several hours every day for a week, and I ended up getting um, the highest rank you can get over the week is rank five. I ended up getting that uh, three days before it ended. That's awesome. And I got all the cool prizes, and I got lots of uh, renown and all kinds of cool stuff. And so I was able to tweet out um, one of the big deals in Destiny is your kill-to-death ratio, your KDR, and Uh the KDR of one. It's good. It means you have killed as many things as, as many things as you have, have killed you. 
so you're, you know, pretty even keel player. My KDR was a four. I took a screen cap of it. It was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I tweeted out like three in the morning. I'm like, my KDR is four. That's fantastic. I have killed four times as many people as killed me. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, That's... That was, it was a big, it was a big proud moment for me. I was, you know, going to like normal places in the game world with all of my like regalia on from the Iron Banner. Like, look at me, check me out. Like, you know, they probably have done it a million times, but <laughs> for me, it was such a big deal to be like, oh, I got good at something. This is neat. This whole practice thing's probably going to catch on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a fun that's a, such a fun feeling. I'm I'm a big WoW player, and I used to do a lot of PvP, and uh, and it's funny because I don't think we always have a great measure for our own learning progress, you know, like how much we have improved over time. Right. And then every once in a while you'll go into a, a a dungeon or a raid or something and you'll see somebody who's not playing well and you're like, oh, wow. Right. I'm, I'm a lot better than I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I've noticed that with with all the different maps in Destiny, well, uh, there'll be me and, and um, a friend of mine who who, who – well, we 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 typically get on in the afternoon to play together, and we'll we'll have a third person that we don't know in our team, and we don't we talk just to ourselves. We don't you don't have to talk to to strange people in Destiny, and so we typically right. aren't talking to them. And like we're watching them, like they don't know where to go. Like what are they? They're level forty. How do they not know where we're? What are they doing? Like, like <laughs> clearly we go this way. We don't run into as many things. Like. Yeah, it is, it is really interesting to see someone who's kind of struggling, and you're like, oh, I used to be that person. I used to be exactly, yeah. person running after everyone going, wait, what do we do? Where do we go? How can I help? And terrified to say anything because you don't want them to think you're a noob, I, but you're proving that you're a noob because you're not saying anything. You know, it's funny. I um, I tend to, I as a, as a woman in, in gaming with strangers, it's always a hit or miss. Um, uh-huh. Most of the time, it's a wonderful, positive experience, but then you do get in there with, with essentially like the worst 12-year-olds that ever existed. And we were doing um, – there's a, a, a sort of an in-game thing you can do in Destiny. Um, it's a raid, and it's similar to WoW raids um, where it's really long and com- complicated, and you need a fire team of six, and you have to schedule it, and you have to go in with a plan, like who's got the self-resurrection and who's got – you know, it's like – it's very Leroy Jenkins, like, you know – who uh-huh. we should already all have the divine shoulders, right? Like, right. You know, so, so there's a, the raids are so difficult, and there's not enough reason for me to complete them, um, and they stress me out. There's jumping puzzles and a lot of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the game, where it's just this hard stuff. And I've, if I'm not, like I said, if I'm not good at something, I don't, usually don't want to do it. And so we we haven't we hadn't actually completed any of the three raids. Those in 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 my team, those of us who have been playing every day, we just we skipped that part. So it didn't matter. Well, we right. needed a a part from one of the raids to complete a quest, and it was a weapon quest. And weapon quests are very delicious to us because we want all the exotic weapons. And so we were like, we have to get this done. Have to get this done. So so one of the guys in my team set it up and arranged it, and he's like, hop on, we're doing this raid right now, and we're gonna we're gonna get through it. And I'm like, okay, okay. So we get in. And everybody is cool. A bunch of the people on our team were from England, which I was digging. And then um, <laughs> there was this one twelve-year-old kid, and like uh. we're like, we're, and like most, you know, not not to crap on twelve-year-olds, but we're being very quiet and helpful. And like, oh yeah, well you stand over here, and I got this side, and you got that side, and then when these guys come out, you do this. And the whole time he's like, uh, I did this by myself once. 
Um, uh, you're using that gun. I've had, like, I have like four of those. Like he's that type of kid. <laughs> and I'm just being quiet because I'm like, you know, I was 12 once. I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm sure I wasn't like that, but I'm sure I was annoying. Like I just won't. <laughs> like I'm not gonna. Right, me. right. So we get to the very end, the final, the end boss. And the way I had gotten there many times and just never been able to complete, never been able to actually kill him because he's a, he was a big guy. And it was very complicated, and I kept getting teleported somewhere else. Like it was a real. Co- it makes no sense in a game in a game world. Like why? What we're even doing? What we're doing at the end of this raid? But there was a way that we normally did it, and I've probably done it maybe five or six times. So we go in with this kid, and he's already gotten all the things that we need to get, and he's just in the middle, like shooting at stuff. And I'm like, what are we supposed to do? Like what? Why aren't these gates opening? Like I thought we were supposed to stand over here, then stand over there. And he and he's like, uh, what are you like a year two? Like, what's your problem? Like, you know, have you know, have you never done this before? And I said, hey kid, like <laughs> the only time I spoke in the entire raid, <laughs> like I was like, hey kid, would you shut your face? <laughs> like, and 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 it was one of those things where you know everybody got kind of quiet because you could tell I was visibly like, kid, don't make me find you and you know snap your neck. <laughs> and um, and he was like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like I had very much like. I sort of overdid it, and so he, he was after that was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to say anything, and whatever." And so, so like, yeah, you know, I was like, "Hey, don't treat me like a noob. Like I know what I'm doing." Yeah, no, you know what? I'm sorry. No guilt for that because you know what? Hopefully, that experience when he's 15 or 16 is not going to. He's not going to be. Um, you know, treating somebody else like that. Well, either that or <laughs> sure. he's going to be a serial killer. It's either one of the two. Like I, hopefully, it was yeah, but I, the positive. <laughs> if if you if if that comment turns him into a serial killer, <laughs> he was he was heading that direction that's already. True, that's true. I was I, maybe maybe I, I didn't push him completely over the edge, but yeah, like uh, but it just it it was one of those things where I hadn't felt like a noob in a long time, and when I got there into the into the thing, I was like, well, I don't understand, and I was like, hello. What are we doing? And what's funny is, not all, but some of the other people, including my my the guy I was playing who was from my clan, but a couple of the other people didn't know what we were doing either. They just didn't want to say anything. And, I was, right. and I'm the first one like, excuse me, pardon me, why are we doing it this way? And then for you know, and then for him to come back at me, I was like, hey, not only <laughs> am I not a noob, but I'm not 12. Like I'm nearly. 40. You're not going to talk to me that way, kid. And he was. Somebody later was like, "So yeah, your mom voice came out." And I'm like, "I know, right?" <laughs> like, I don't have to have kids to know how to have a mom voice. But yeah, uh-huh. so and also this week, I thought it was very sweet. Um, one of the co-hosts from my show, uh, Paris in the Business, they're a married couple, and it was the business's birthday this past Friday. And so uh, Paris, his wife, put together for the first time ever. She'd never run a uh, RPG campaign before. She put together a Delta Green module because it's his favorite uh, world scenario. And mm-hmm. um, and so we ran a little one-off RPG game in honor of his birthday. It was a surprise to him. And so that was super fun. Uh, we stayed up way too late, <laughs> drinking <laughs> wine and running this uh, Delta Green campaign. And she did an amazing job doing that. So. That was, I think, you know, probably uh, after Iron Banner, the super highlight of of my week. So <laughs> that's awesome. That sounds like it was a a fun geeky week. It was. It was. I was happy. Awesome. All right, on to some news. It is now February. I don't know where the the year is already going. No. Um, the Flash and Supergirl are officially going to be crossing over. 
interesting to me because I have not watched The Flash yet, but I have I have gotten into Supergirl, so this will possibly kick me over the edge to finally watching The Flash. Yeah, I definitely like The Flash the best out of all the CW shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've I've said a couple of times I've for a while I was trying to push people you got to watch the Arrow and the Flash you got to watch the Arrow and the Flash and then I'm like no. No, you really don't. <laughs> you really don't. Steve Amell is very pretty, but that's about it. Yeah, I couldn't get into it. Even John Barrowman, who is, I mean, a god to me. I couldn't. I, I could not get into Arrow. Flash, I just haven't I love, tried. I love John Barrowman. I, I, I hate his character in that show. And I just, every time he comes on the show, I'm just like, oh, please don't be an episode that you're going to be highly <laughs> featured in. You're better than this, Barrowman. You're better than this. Exactly, and and it's it's sad because you know I was very excited for DC Legends of Tomorrow to come out, and I'm 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 going to give it a, a a little bit of more of a chance because I'm I'm all about trying to give shows chances, and I think we give up on them way too early. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just not. It's a little bit. It's too many characters with not enough not enough depth. Right. So, but I am, you know, I do enjoy The Flash. I think it's the best out of the three, and uh, Supergirl's just phenomenal. I love it. I didn't think I was going to love it, and I do. I was so ready to hate Callista Flockhart's character, and she's probably my favorite thing about the show. I know. <laughs> I was the same. I, I did not, when the whole Allie McBeal thing happened and she really blew up, I was like, eh, the show's about Portia de Rossi. Like, the show, like she's, right, she's right. not the show. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, the first two episodes, I was like, ah, still don't like her. Still think she stole Harrison Ford away from me, but whatever. Um, (laughs) and not just that, but after he started dating her, he got cranky and weird. Cranky, weird. He's high all the time. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's just weed. Hopefully it's not like she's got him on some weird pills, but he, he is high, crashing planes. I'm so glad it's not just me. I thought it was just me because no. I was like, you know, he was fine until he started dating you, girl. I don't know what's going on. It was really and truly like just like a downfall. Like he was making like like I, I like to picture like Sabrina era Harrison Ford, like uh-huh. what he was like before Callista Flockhart, and then after Callista Flockhart, he's just like there's no no he's not in, like Crystal Skull. Like that's like, what she <laughs> like, did to him. But yeah, no, I mean he's got uh-huh. a weird earring now. He wears like this big diamond earring, and is I'm like, what is that? Like, what? Like, what are we? What's happening? Like, why are you wearing one weird earring, Harrison Ford? Do you know where you are right now? Like, <laughs> who are? I just don't, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> I know it's very. I, I do. I blame her fully, but no, I do. The character uh, of Cat Grant is really interesting and complicated. Yeah. So and that and whoever I can never pronounce her name, but the the girl who plays Supergirl. It, I feel like I feel for her like I felt for Ray in in Force Awakens. It, she's so sweet, like right. there's just such a just and not just like you know physically beautiful. There's just some there's just like a beauty there. There's just like a, such a sweet just. She seems like a wonderful person. She might be you know a nightmare in real life, but she seems sweet and great. And so so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm liking Supergirl way more than I thought I would. Yeah, so that's that's gonna be a very fun uh, crossover. I'm excited to see how how that kind of goes, mm-hmm. and I hope that it opens up a lot more of that from network to network. I think our our TV viewing would gain a lot from people being able to share their toys a little bit. I agree, especially since TV is in such trouble because we've found a way to not watch ads. 
So they're going right. to have to change, you know, Netflix is a thing, streaming, Hulu's a thing. They're going to have to find a way to make it to, to compete. This, this right. might be the way. Yeah, very good. And then the other thing that happened this week that really upsets me because I've really tried it. I have said on multiple episodes that I am trying to become a Hoovian. And I've the first time I started watching it, I was like, okay, it's not that great. And everybody says, yes, but you have to push through the mannequin episode. Yes. <laughs> you have to push through a couple of the beginning episodes. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. And then I listened to a podcast called The Weck Podcast. And I guess Weck is uh, a Canadian word for really neato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. Um, and so I, I absolutely love the WEC podcast. They, they always talk about really interesting things and they've just started releasing, um, every week, every other week or every week they release a Whovian episode where they cover one of the episodes and they're just going to start from Rose, which is the mannequin episode mm -hmm. and work their way through. And I'm like, all right, well, this is great because I love this podcast. It gives me something to follow along with. They're saying that Rose is a bad episode, yes. so I don't have to feel guilty for being a bad Hoovian off, right off the bat. And then Netflix goes and takes it down. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it, it's, it's, there was a huge ripple in the, in the, the, who, the, who reverse for over the Netflix taking it down, really and truly. Um, you know, I, my suggestion always for this sort of thing is uh, find some borrow the, borrow the the discs. Also, my suggestion for people that people are like, oh, you shouldn't skip over nine. It's okay if you skip over nine. Ten's where yeah. ten's where it's at. Honestly, David Tennant is where it's at. <laughs> and if you watch the last two episodes of Nine uh, of um, Chris Eccleston, where they're they're better episodes. Um, they they right. found a little bit more of their footing because I'm I I hate being told oh it's great you just have to watch the first twenty episodes it's like why can't yeah. something be good at the beginning like why can't like or just like why can't I just read the wiki about what happens and like get me to the good part for, so I can yeah. get hooked um, because Eccleston is hard to stomach because um, it's well because so Doctor Who is such a crazy British show anyway like it's just there's no rhyme or reason. They're, you know, rubber aliens and plastic rocks, and it's very original Star Trek, and it's very hard to take it seriously because they they take the franchise seriously, but not necessarily the individual episodes. Right. So, I mean, I, when people say, oh, you can't skip nine, I'm like, yeah, you can. Just get right to the David Tennant stuff because, A, he's beautiful <laughs> to look at, and, B, that's when it kind of really hits its – it's stride. And if you miss a Doctor Who episode, it's not like you're really going to be explaining anything's going to be explained to you or you're going to like miss what what happened? No one knows. It's <laughs> It has changed and th people have died and come back. It's like a soap opera. Like it doesn't matter. You don't need to know who Erica Kane was married to 20 years ago to figure out what's happening with her now. Like it's just it's very soap opera in that regard. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I don't know why Netflix, I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know how that works. Maybe they lost the licensing for it or, cause it, somebody's going to have to pick it up. You think Hulu is going to pick it up? I don't know. I see. I've heard all different things. I've heard that, that it was a contract dispute and that once the contract dispute is, uh, figured out, they'll have it up again. I've heard that BBC is going to start their own streaming situation and put it on there. Um, so I just don't know. Uh, that that makes me sad because it is it's a big undertaking, um, especially if you don't steal things from the internet. It's it's, right. it's difficult to find because you can't watch. You can watch it if you have um, an uh, what is there's an IP, an IP address cover thing. I don't computers, 
where you can watch it in England, like you can stream it from from B- the BBC, but you have to have right. a this the proxy server thing. Like you have to look like you're in England, and there's a way to do that, but that's also still kind of cheating. I don't know. It's it's. I think that's a shame because I think the easier you have access to Doctor Who, the more the more the easier it's going to be for you to be able to get into it and then get invested. Because you do have to get invested. If you're watching it and you don't know what's going on and you have and you're not like trying to to follow the show, it is just off the wall insane. Right. It's a crazy show. Like it's one of those shows that like if my mother were to see it, she'd be like, "I'm not watching this crap. What is this? Like this is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are mannequins chasing people. Who cares? <laughs> like <laughs> well, I, again, I sat down with my husband and I'm like, everybody says we have to like this, so we <laughs> have to sit down and watch this. And it's the mannequin episode, and he's just giving me this look like no, what it's, it, you. <laughs> it really is a terrible episode. Um, if 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 you do ever get to to get to watch it again, um. There's a I, I I cannot remember the name of it, but there's a two-parter in the middle of that first season with Chris Eccleston where they they meet up with John Barrowman as Jack Harkin uh-huh. at the and at, at the Battle of Britain. It's real not the Battle of Britain. Um, at World War Two. Uh, it's a World War Two episode series where they've gone back to World War Two. It's uh-huh. really good. Like that might be a great place to start because you already. I mean, like you're smart enough to know that. So the Doctor's this alien that regenerates. You don't need to know, like, his funny, like, bring a banana stuff. You don't need to know all that. Like, that's (laughs) – he says so many kooky things, you you won't miss it. But I think if if you ever get the chance to start there, um, there's a lot of really interesting interplay, uh, and and you get to see him, the character of the Doctor, more intimately where you might actually begin to become invested in him as a character. Because the show is about him. Like, there's the – you know, the different companions – I always ask people, you know, would you rather be the doctor or would you rather be one of the companions to basically, you know, see where they – how they view the doctor sexually. They don't know that's why I'm asking them that, but that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, it's – it's it's it, it, the show's about him, and the companions help, and so some companions are better than others. But it's it's you really have to care about a man who's all alone in time and space. Right. I mean, that's that's what the show's about. So and you, And you can't get that with that weird mannequin episode and – no. Oh God! That I'm like, what? Who? This was your first. This was your first jump off into <laughs> resurrecting the show after 15 years. Great, gonna go on BBC. <laughs> well, I I do have a friend who who has said that she will let me borrow um her her copies. So I think that's the their direction I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and with any Doctor Who episode, don't feel like you have to watch. If you don't like the episode, go to the next one. You'll like I said, it's not like you're going to miss a key point. Like you're trying to put it together in your head, what's going to happen? Like it never makes any sort of rhyme or reason or any sort of sense. So I mean, if you don't like an episode, just go next and skip it and see what the next one has, because you're not going to miss anything huge. I promise. Well, and then the new problem that's coming up is that when we do get to the David Tennant part, everybody's like, "Oh, David Tennant, David Tennant, David Tennant." My first real experience with David Tennant. Was Jessica Jones, oh, really? which is a very different, which is a very different David Tennant. <laughs> I think he's, in both parts he was sexy, but that's my own problem that I have to talk to a therapist about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he the Jessica Jones uh, uh, version is is vastly different than his happy go lucky Doctor Who, which is probably a very very good uh, career decision for him. Oh yeah, because you know it breaks that. You know the mold. Well, and he he because I knew about him um, way back when uh, he has done a lot of work with the BBC uh, with shows like 
Um, Casanova, he played Casanova in a, in a miniseries, which is also super goofy. But then he played a uh, serial pathological, a serial rapist and pathological liar in a uh, BBC miniseries called Secret Smile. Oh my. Yeah, which is it's if you like if you like uh, sort of scary you know realistic dramas that's a really good one. Um, but you know he he's you know he's he's done Hamlet. He's a really he's a good actor. He he also is um, more recently in the crime drama Broadchurch, which okay. which they redid. <laughs> they did this thing where they just like just show us the British shows. So they did the one in, they did the British one that's still on Netflix. Very good if you like crime dramas. Um, and then they brought it to America where he played the same character, but with under slightly different circumstances and they redid the same story. And it's like, we could just watch the Broadchurch. <laughs> we'll just watch the original where it was done correctly. Yeah, just make a season two. Like, <laughs> what is going on? But I mean, and they, they did do, they did two seasons in, on the BBC, but like here, I don't think it, it did well enough because it's like, yeah, we don't want to recreate the thing. We want to hear more about it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so so he's he he's he's my he's my favorite doctor by far because he, out of all the different doctors, to me is the most of what I think an, an alien who has gone through what the doc who has been through what the doctor has been through would act like. Like that's because because there's some parts where he's full of rage and some parts where he's just full of just giddy madness and. It's 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 good. It's he's he's my fave. So I always always want to direct people like just get to ten. If you get to, get to ten and don't like it, you probably aren't going to like the show, which is also okay. There are lots of shows that people love that I don't like. You know, it's fine. you don't have to like all of it. And you could also still be part, once again. While I like the Whovian fandom, you can still be part of it. You can still you know you know what a TARDIS is. You know what a Dalek is. You can still, exactly. you can still get in on it. Nobody's going to quiz you. Like oh well what. You know, where, where did the doctor first do that? Like, no one's going to do that. Everybody's having too much fun. So, but I wish I wish you luck. I hope you borrow the series from your friend because that would be. I will. I will give you updates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will give you updates as I go. <laughs> yeah. send, it, send me a message. Like, I can't get through this one. I'll be like, just hit next. Skip it. Skip it. <laughs> awesome. So that's that's what we that's the news for this week. That's the the stuff that kind of stood out to me. There was an article this morning on Sense Eight possibly coming back in 2017 instead of 2016, but I didn't have a chance to really read it, and I don't want to link it because I think some of the sites are questionable. So, uh, yeah. Um, did you watch Sense Eight at all? I did. I did. I did. I actually didn't finish it. I have a real problem. I'll watch like if something is 13 episodes, I'll watch 11 and never finish Ooh. the last two. And so, yeah, Sense Eight is one of those where I have not finished the last two episodes. Um, I, I, you know, it's I, I, I can't be. Spo- I've already been spoiled for it, but I, I thought it was really, really good, and I thought it was where um, it was good in the way that Heroes was good the first season. Yeah. So, so I, I have high hopes. I will eventually watch those other two episodes, if, if it, especially if it comes out if they come out with a second. Well, it sounds like you have more time because they're going to wait. Because I, I heard uh, maybe. A month or two ago, they were like, "Oh yeah, it's going to be in late 2016," and I'm like, "How? Yeah, how are they possibly going to film all that in in like six months?" Yeah, they would have had uh-uh. to have already filmed it. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like they're gonna they're gonna take their time and they're gonna do it correctly and they're gonna release sometime in 2017. Well, that, so that's, that's cool. good. We don't watch TV like we used to or watch shows like we used to anyway. So I mean. Hell, I've been waiting for you know Sherlock season four to come out for you know <laughs> in between right. in between British Sherlock shows you wait three years so so yeah yeah 
So we're going to move on to the reason why we are all here today. It is the week before Valentine's Day, so I thought it would be nice to get Kelly on here to talk to us a little bit about geek romance and give uh, those people out there who are struggling to find that significant other some just kind of starter tips. Um, yeah, which is it's so funny because, you know, those what do they say those who can't do teach? Um. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and like I said at the beginning, my my show is it started from I was on another podcast and I was like, I think we should do a weekly segment about how bad my dating life is or how bad or how badly things <laughs> go. And the person I was with was like, oh, no one would be interested in that. And so I'm like, well, but yeah, they would. <laughs> I'm going to make I'm going to make a whole show about it. So um, the I think the main um, problem that we run into when we're geeky or we're nerdy or we're a little bit socially insecure is um, when in dating is, is like the initial sort of going up and talking to people and the, and the initiating the contact. And especially around this time of year, it's really just, I, even when I'm in a relationship, I hate Valentine's day. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. It's very commercial. Um, it's very forced. I feel, but if you're alone, um, it's even more amplified. Even if you're fine with being, you know, single at the time, you're getting constantly reminded, like, well, no one's going to buy me a teddy bear from the CVS. Like, what the heck? Um, <laughs> I often hear the kids refer to it as uh, single awareness day. Yes, yes. It very much like even even the most secure people, it's still kind of like, ow, I'm alone. Oh well. Yeah. So so if if first of all, if you are in a relationship and and it's and it's Valentine's Day. Especially if you're in a geeky relationship, um, don't don't. I always I, I like to not do the thing that everybody else is doing, trying to get the reservations in a crowded restaurant, or you know, trying to like I'm going to buy you candy and jewelry. Um, first of all, it's very one sided. I feel like guys, uh, especially straight guys, get gypped. Um, <laughs> day where it's just like, oh, here's the day where you're forced to buy me something to prove that you love me. <laughs> um, so, so you know, I, I like I like the idea of of playing it low key. You know, making dinner at home, um, one person making something special for dinner, the other person making something special for you know dessert. Um, I don't know how people in polyamorous relationships do Valentine's Day. <laughs> Maybe I should do a show on that. I'm so curious to be like, how who breaks up the work on this day? Pop, possibly very well. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 That's they, how they do it. They do it well. They have it, they have it completely covered. Um, but you know, I, I think it's far more romantic to do something very personal um, and sort of like you know, it's like when you made a, a card for your mom with your own hands. It meant more mm. than the store bought card. And so, if you don't want to spend a lot of money, maybe make someone's favorite meal. Maybe write them a love note. You know that kind of stuff because it's it's cheap and it means more. If that makes sense. Right. If you're alone, which a lot of us are. Um, I think that the best way to get through Valentine's Day is to not be cynical about it and not try to like crap all over everybody's Facebook status of oh we're going to the Japanese sushi place and then you know a romantic deserted whatever like in the same way that I don't like it when people when when nerds attack Super Bowl fans like uh-huh. let people have a good time and let people enjoy their life and feel happy for people who who are telling you that they're happy. There's a good chance that they're not as happy as you think they are because we only show those things on social media that we want people to see. Right. Um, but also, it doesn't take anything away from you 
they didn't take all the love. Like they didn't, they didn't use it. All right. Love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if somebody had a, you know, had a wonderful Valentine's day with the person that they love and isn't the person that they love so wonderful, it's quite possible that they are and it's okay. It's not going to affect you <laughs> in any way. Um, I think this is a great time of year to really think about, okay, so I'm alone and it bothers me that I'm alone because it's because you're not, you're going to be bombarded with it. Think about some things that you can do to reconnect with, with old friends that you haven't, you know, those emails you've been meaning to write, um, the phone calls you've been meaning to make, you know, the texts you've been meaning to send, like you haven't seen someone, someone used to be in your, in your, you know, Magic the Gathering tournaments and you haven't seen them in a while. It's a good chance they're alone too. Um, not just mm-hmm. because Magic players are unlovable. Uh, <laughs> 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 she, said, she said facetiously. Oh, no, but, but you know, <laughs> you're not the only one. Like lots of people are, are, are not going to be doing anything for Valentine's Day. If you have people in your vicinity that you can meet up with, you know, kind of you know, make a make a fun like, hey, friend of mine, why don't because it's Valentine's Day and we're all by ourselves. Let's go do something together. Like, don't stay in and stew about the fact that no one will ever love you. A, it's not true, and B, they're definitely not going to love you if you're in the, unless they live in your house. Like, you have, you have to leave the house to meet people. You have to sort of be active. Um, if you don't, because I, I know a lot of people who are so isolated, they don't have friends to reach out to. They don't have you know, people that they feel that they could contact or whatever. This is also a great day to look into, do some research, or go actually do some volunteering. Um, oh. If you, like, go to your local, call your local animal shelter. Do you guys need anything? And, like, you don't have to go volunteer. Like, people, a lot of people look at volunteering as a thing where they have to go sign up and go be all day and build a Habitat for Humanity house for someone. And it's not like that. You can call your local Call your the vet that you use. Call your local animal shelter. Call, you know, a a a local group that that or like a food bank, and not necessarily you don't have to volunteer by going and giving your time. Although that would be a wonderful thing to do, and you'll feel better about yourself. You'll help the world, and you'll possibly meet someone. Um, it, it's better than to do with your time than to just sit around and 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 stew. But also things like yeah, we don't need we don't need any volunteers, but you know we do need blankets and dog food. Then right. On Valentine's Day, go out and buy buy blankets and dog food. Get, take a bath, get out of the house, drive to the you know Walmart or the Target, get this get some th- items that people would need. You know, because other you know because the people who are in love are spending money. Like so, you know, you're spending money too, but you've gone and done a good thing. You know, someone might have, you know, a, a have taken their their significant other out to the Outback Steakhouse, but you actually help somebody. And there's no way you don't feel better about yourself. After you help someone, it really, truly is the best thing that you can possibly do for your self-esteem. That's such great advice because on top of everything else, you know, a lot of uh, charities and everything will tell you that around the holidays, they just get a glut of all this stuff that that is wonderful and they're glad that people donate. But they basically have to make that last until the following holiday season. Right, right. And so that's that's a good way to spread it out and just kind of uh, you know be doing something good and and yeah definitely meet other people. Well, and you and you also you have now when you later on meet other people and you know you shouldn't do it for this reason but you now you have a story to tell someone if you're on a first date or you're with coffee you know talking to someone and they go oh so what do you do for fun and you you can now you have a story oh well. You know, I didn't have anything to do this past Valentine's Day, so I went and, you know, saved a bunch of puppies. 
Yeah, that's a good thing. People <laughs> like that stuff. And it's a tr- like you didn't lie about it. Like it's a true thing. Like you did it. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like if if the reasons that you're helping people are selfish reasons, that's still okay. Um, no one really does. <laughs> There's no such thing as real altruism. <laughs> everybody. Yes, because everybody gets a good feeling for doing something good. Right. So. And if you're doing it just to get the good feeling, that's also okay. Like it doesn't. Like no one's. I mean, I you know, I'm a I'm a big atheist. I don't believe anybody's keeping score. I think if you do good things, it's great. <laughs> like just I don't care why you're doing good things. It's fine. But um, another thing that I all that I often ask people to do or or suggest people to do is to actually reach out and ask for help. I have gotten really good. Like, there's lots of things I don't know how to do, and there's lots of things that I need help with, like when I was setting up my podcast or if I'm, you know, playing a, a new game or that kind of thing. If you know that you've got a friend who who is who also is alone on Valentine's Day or is also just kind of alone in general, send them an email or call them up and say, "Hey, could you help me with this?" Because most people, when someone people like to be helpful, and you when you engage people in sort of this like a mutual back and forth, it's good practice. It make now you've got your problem is getting solved, and now you've also you've allowed someone to help you. It's a very if you, if anyone's watched Babylon Five, it's a very Mimbari sort of like saving face. Like the best thing you can do for someone is to help them save face. Like it's that sort of in that sort of vein. Like the the nicest thing you can do for someone is allow them to feel good about helping you, and because everybody wins in these sorts of situations, right. and it there's I'm always trying to fight the cynicism like around romance, um even with myself because I'm not a very romantic person, I don't really want to stare longingly in anyone's eyes. I mean, you know, if John Hamm was like still long leaning in my eyes, I'd be like, okay, but it's not because. But even after a while, that would get a little bit like, okay, stop, stop staring. Right, it's like <laughs> go I, do something productive. Right, like I really like, yeah, I'm not, I'm a very cuddly person, but I'm not a very like I don't, I don't buy into all this stuff. Like I don't need a, I don't need a card every day. I don't need, you know, someone to be like, oh, you know, remark about how lovely my hair is. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like I'm very, like, I'm very independent <laughs> and fine, but but I don't. I don't ever want to become cynical about love or about romance or about relationships and relationships just aren't like, you know, romantic relationships are also friendships or relationships. Right. And the more friends you have, the more, not like in, in quantity, but the more, the better friends you have, the more you are involved with other people, a, you get better at working with new people and you get better at, at, at human interaction, which is a huge problem for people, especially if they're on the spectrum or, you know, they just, they just haven't had practice doing it. These things make you better, and the better you are, the more the more confident you become, and the more confident you become, the more attractive you are to other people. So, right. and not necessarily are you gonna, you know, now this is how you're gonna get your Japanese girlfriend, but <laughs> you might actually <laughs> meet new people who will, you know, could could you could have many different dating triumphs. I I, I find a lot in in my listeners, they're always looking for the one, and it's like, well, you can eventually find the one. But you're gonna have to possibly meet the one that's. I mean, not necessarily like a you know Mrs. Right and Mrs. Right now, but relationships they tend to fail. Like you tend to have to yeah. have a couple. Like you're, if you get it right out of the gate, like that's really lucky. Um, and I, I I say that cynically sometimes. I, I get from from my old married couple friends when they're like, oh well, you know, I just wish that that you had the the love that that you know so and so and I have, and I know a lot about their relationship. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I just don't want to settle. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh. so yeah, you know, it's it's that kind of 
I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily like free advice. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I, what people don't realize about about dating, because I I met my husband on Match. dot com, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a big proponent of, especially us geeks, we're we're very computer savvy. Sure. <laughs> user resources, user resources. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but. I was on that thing for years before I met my husband, and I didn't get one previous relationship out of it, and it didn't work out, so I went back on, you know, right. and it's kind of one of those things where eventually you start you start kind of not, not getting cynical, but, but setting your expectations for the individual dates at a reasonable expectation. expectation. Yeah. This is not going to be the one. Right. This is going to be the one that will get to a second date. Exactly. <laughs> or the one that gets to a third date. And there's been plenty of times where you know five minutes in that this is not going to be a second date. Right. And so you do your best to have the best time you can over that date. <laughs> that is definitely uh, five five minutes, uh, five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Well, this is just co- – that's why I'm always saying first date coffee. Always. It's a short, sweet – you get the initial – would would we ever touch each other naked? Yes. Let's try dinner. Like because I don't need to to have an awkward dinner over someone. <laughs> it's like oh this I, is never gonna work out. I always tell my husband because we we our first date was in uh in Old Town Pasadena, which is a very kind of nice walkable fun place, and most of the place most of the landmarks of our of our first love uh has been uh have been moved around and changed. But there was a a Starbucks right next to my favorite restaurant in the world, which is no longer there. It was called uh, uh, Barney's Pub and Grill. It was not a romantic place. It was a little dive bar. Right. Um, I would meet people for coffee at Starbucks, and then I would decide from there where we would have dinner. Yes. <laughs> if if I knew this was not going to be a good date or is just not the person that I was going to be interested in, then we would go to Barney's because at least I know I would have a good meal. <laughs> and my husband goes, well, we didn't go to Barney's. And I'm like, no, we went for sushi with you. So you were a keeper. <laughs> right. Because I knew. I knew. It's like I knew I would. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> exactly. You did not get Barney. We t- I took Barney's later when I was like, let me share with you my favorite restaurant. Right. But. You know, it was not to get through the date with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that, that that's really – I mean, it's good advice. It's really important to, to know, you know, setting your expectations for we, – we all have, we all have like, our fantasy dream. Like, you know, this is the way I think the date's going to go. It's like when you're playing conversations in your head, and uh-huh. then that never happens. Like, you never get the opportunity to say the thing that would be awesome if you said it, if this was a script – and you know everyone could see you saying this amazing thing, like, but it never works out that way. It never comes up. Right. It doesn't. You cannot plan for such things, and and so this idea in your head that that you're going to go out and and meet the the most romantic one. If it happens to you, I think that's wonderful. I think you should also buy a lottery ticket. Right. Most of the time, it's not going to work out that way. Um, and you, especially looking at it from a, a geek perspective in dating, it might take dozens of tries you may go out with dozens of people i get that a lot i get a lot of people who email me and like i keep going on these dates and i keep i just nothing's working i'm like you have to keep at it it's like anything in life you have to it's it's like you know the crucible and destiny you have to practice to get any good at it and eventually something will stick eventually but it might take you 10 years to find someone to find that special person 
And, you know, you kind of have to look back at all the people who, who found them in high school and, and wonder, like, okay, did they really find them or did they just stop? Right. And if they're happy, they're happy, and that's great because you can be happy with all different sorts of people. And, you know, I don't believe that there's just one soulmate out there for everyone. I think there's all kinds of different combinations of, of, of things you can get into and, and be fine with and be, you know, very, you know, perfectly happy with. But this sort of fairy tale idea of of you know going out and you know seeing seeing someone from across I love this you're like oh I just figured I'd meet them at a party and I'm like but you don't go to parties like you have to go to the parties <laughs> to meet them at a party like you you stay right. here all day like you have to get out and do these things if you if you're looking for that you know magical connection you have to put yourself in the way of it and you also have to be prepared for that not to happen and for you to actually have to go up and talk to someone and <laughs> and not just be suddenly oh we're already in love. Like, no, you have to get to know them. They have to get to know you. You have to be able to speak to them, you know, and you have to you have to sort of get these things out there and practice them. Um, another thing I, I have told a friend, uh, I did a segment on my show called My Fair Andrew, where I have this really good friend. He's really outgoing, very attractive. Um, he he is is has I don't know what his what is going wrong with him with 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 meeting women and i think it's just because he's not actually physically going and introducing himself to women uh -huh. but he one of the things that i um we did in the my fair andrew is when we were i was giving him little tasks to do to sort of improve his ability to go out and meet people and it worked he he, he is better at it but i was like you know talk to the cashiers at stores you know, go to when you when you you know or you know go to a restaurant by yourself. Like just do it. Uh -huh. Like go to the movies by yourself and just and just get over it and just go do it. And while you're there, talk to the you know as long as you're not keeping the people behind you in line. Like talk to the person taking the ticket. Go, have you seen this movie? Did you like it? What have you heard about it? Like make conversations in your daily life with people who you're not trying to sleep with. People who are just normal human beings that you also would like to respect, like, like just go in and practice talking, because if you don't, you're going to see that person who you're so caught up in, and you're gonna you're gonna get married and have a million children and live on a castle in a mountain with unicorns, and you're gonna go and you're gonna mess it up because you're not used to talking to people, because you're already gonna be nervous. Like practice talking to people who don't make you nervous. Practice it every day, all the time. If that's one of your things, you know, like, like just the talking part. And eventually you will get better at it, and then you will be prepared for when you go, you know, join dating sites or when you go, you know, you've, you've got a group of friends and they're having a party, and now, you know, their cousin from out of town has shown up, and you're like, who's this new person? <laughs> if you're like me, you immediately like, ding, 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 ding. Well, hello. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you, and, and you have that game. You're now prepared. You know, you know how to how you you've had practice carrying a back and forth in a conversation. And it tends to happen when you're not trying. Like Absolutely. when you're on when you're on the prowl and you're ready to go and you're just like I am going to meet all the people. That's when it's the hardest because there is a sense of desperation that you get are giving off whether you realize it or not. True, and you notice the defeat. Yeah. You notice that you didn't meet anyone. There's nothing wor like I like last night. Like I have I've taken a I've just recently got a relationship, so I'm taking a break from putting myself. I I met my first husband on Match.com. Like I mm. I love internet dating. I think it's it's great for people who are tech savvy and who who you know live with their smartphones like I do. Um, but the I, I had taken a break, but I had really good makeup on last night. Like really good, and like I was really <laughs> feeling my outfit, and we were going out, and I was expecting the place that we were going to to have way more people. 
and um, cause I went with my, a group of my friends. And so I wasn't necessarily on the poll, but I was definitely available. Like, I was available. Like, hey, how's it going? And so I walk in, and there's no one there, and I noticed it. Uh-huh. And I think that if you if you set yourself up like that to notice it, and, like, I have no problem talking to people, but still I was like, oh, depressed. You know, right. like, there's a sad – I have a – I has a sad now. Like, I didn't – I didn't have a sad before I came in here. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> um, like, I think that, that, you know, you do – have better opportunities when you're not necessarily out there looking because when you're out there looking, you notice when you don't find it. Right. So, so yeah. And, and with the, especially with the, with the whole Valentine's day thing, if it really depresses you, if it's really upsetting to you and you don't, you're not interested in, you know, going and, and, you know, having a mission of, you know, helping out a local thing or doing a volunteer thing, Get some get some things that that make you happy and just weather the storm. Just stay in and yeah. it, it, believe me, you are not the only one. You're probably not the only one on your street. You might not be the only one in your house who's having the same issue. Like, especially if you have roommates. Like it, it, this is truly is a time if you can't reach out to friends or you don't have anyone to reach out to. Just to to just keep reminding yourself that this is a, it's a bunch of commercial BS. It's a bunch of of it really is a hallmark mark made holiday, and so it doesn't me, make you any less of a person to not be able to participate in it. Like you know, yeah, and, and be happy for the people who can participate in it, and be happy for the people who do get excited about it. Like because they have an excitement, and that's okay. And and be willing to like throw throw yourself a happy um, single awareness day party. Invite all your friends over who are in the same boat as you. Right. Put on something like put on horror films. Yeah. Put on put on things that are so anti Valentine that you just forget that it's Valentine's Day and just have fun. Make the love of Valentine's Day about being with friends and not about being with that person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Or God forbid, your family. Yeah. Call your mom. Like you know, if you haven't, if you don't spend a lot of time with your family or you don't live near them, make a trip. I mean, you're you're not going to be getting any any restaurant getting into a restaurant anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. Find a thing that it's one of those. It's always a good. It's, I do this for New Year's Eve too. If people are, are frantic about not wanting to go to a New Year's Eve thing alone, then do something with people you wouldn't normally do stuff with. Who you would who mm-hmm. you wouldn't who your friends would trump. Like you'd rather like you'd rather you'd rather go out with your friends and hang out with your with your parents or see your grandma in the you know nursing home or. You know, go and, and, and see your friend who – how about this? Your friends who just had that kid, they're not doing any for Valentine's Day either. Go visit them and take a, take a toy to the kid. Like, get, like, make an effort to think about what have you been neglecting all year, and this might be the perfect time for you to do it because you'll distract yourself. And once again, you'll feel good because you went out and you were social. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, yes. And if you're with someone on Valentine's Day today, have fun. But also don't – Nobody likes to hear bragging on social media. <laughs> so just check into the restaurant and leave it at that. Don't tell me what a wonderful right. boyfriend you have because I might know him. <laughs> <laughs> and I might be able to fill you in on where that's not true. Exactly. And even if I don't fill you in on it, don't give me the opportunity to think about it. I just don't. I, ne- I try to never do that. I try to never be like, oh, I have the best friends ever because I know somewhere out there someone's thinking like, well, I remember the time they said you were, you know, a, a, a whatever. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't want to give them the opportunity. Just don't just check into the to the teppanyaki place you went to and we know we we know you went for Valentine's Day. It's fine. 
<laughs> so, yeah. well, good advice all the way around. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that was helpful. I I think it is. I think it is, and I I encourage anybody who's listening to this who needs more advice, please check out uh, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek because it is a phenomenal show. Oh, it is so much fun to listen to, and uh, I'm I'm sorry that I got into it as late as I did because I think it probably would have helped me out a couple times. <laughs> Sorry too. People were like, "I'm going to try to listen to your backlog." I'm like, "Yeah, my episodes are two and a half hours long. Good luck." Like, yeah. <laughs> once again, just like Do- Doctor Who, the first season, you're allowed to skip if one is intuitive, or you go to the next one. Because <laughs> yeah, because I uh, we spend a lot, we we talk we talk about a relationship type topic uh, every week or every show, but but most of it is us talking about video games and movies and TV. <laughs> Well, and that's the great thing. It's kind of like I can I can enjoy, you know, again, I'm married, so I'm not going out looking for, for new romances. Right. But, uh, but it's still all the other stuff around it is, is fun. And then the way you present the, the situations that people can get themselves into, <laughs> just so hilarious. And, again, I work with 15- and 16-year-olds. So when you start talking about, like, the, the first episode I listened to was the, the – the love triangle episode and i'm like oh if i had a nickel for every time i had to deal with this because they all come and tell you and it's and i'm i'm very out at school they've met my husband they know who i am so for some reason you know the gay teacher is going to know more about this than anybody else and so um i've been told i teach i i speak very good teenage girl um and they'll come over and they'll tell me all these all these things and it's like you're so sweet, and these are so not real problems right now. But I realize to you, this is the end of the world. So go ahead and cry it out, right. and you will be fine. It's like I promise you. I know you only have 16 years of a life to put this up against. Right. But five years from now, you will not remember who these people are. It's so true. It's so it's it's like watching your own little like I will I will never have to watch Days of Our Lives or As the World Turns because it is happening right there in front of me every single day. I tell you, people get that question where they're like, if you had a time machine, what would you go back and tell yourself? And people are like, I go back and tell myself, you know, to try harder at this or do whatever. And I was like, I would go back in time in middle school and I would tell myself, never eat fast food. Ever. <laughs> And then I would tell myself, you're not going to care or know where any of these people end up after you graduate high school. So do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very similar. Start working out now. Right. Don't. don't and, <laughs> and being a geek is okay. Right. You'll find your people later. Right. Like, this is meaningless. I know it's all that matters right now because you don't have any reference, but it's, this doesn't matter. These people are terrible, and you never have to see them ever again. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, back to the back to the idea that you know teenagers. Uh, God love you. Glad I'm not there anymore. Oh, I know. I would go back to be 19, but only to to settle some some sexual scores. But other than that, <laughs> nope. I, I I I wouldn't even go back to. I would I would go back to 25 is the is the farthest I would go back because I didn't know anything uh, before 25. <laughs> Oh, see, I I would love to go back to to college because I I still think that college is just like your least res- amount of least amount of responsibility, most freedom. Like it's it's kind of where you develop who you are. Yeah, I can't say, yeah, and I can't say I liked who I was when I was in college because you of course know everything yeah. and you wonder how 
other people can't figure this out because obviously it's this cut and dry. And uh, but but you know there was just something about being all that all that potential that you have when you're in college that when you're <laughs> you're 37 and you're like hmm yeah there's a lot of potential out there but there's also bills to pay right, right. And mortgages and... <laughs> yeah no I'm I'm 38 and I cannot wait to be 40 because a people will quit asking me about having kids and b <laughs> <laughs> the idea that I'll be able to actually like just admit I don't I don't know like that's my 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 thing now I'm like oh it's so refreshing when people go what are you gonna do about this I'm like I I have no idea I don't know I do not have it all figured out and eh, I can't be bothered <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know like I, you know my my credit's good that's all I care about my bills are paid yeah, my credit's exactly. good I don't care well where are you gonna be in five years look slow down like let's just <laughs> Let's take tomorrow. I don't know where I'm. I don't know where I'm breakfast uh, right. tomorrow. So. Like I, I really, I can't plan that for it. I, I couldn't tell you. It could be anything at this point. <laughs> but yeah, oh youth. I just and really and truly, I just want my 19 year old body back. That's all I want. Like what a dream that would be. <laughs> just be that wonderful. That was the best I ever looked in my entire life. Just to get that body back and be and be done with it. Yeah, see, I had a, my my twenty seven year old body was probably my best in 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 college and and high school. I was kind of frumpy, so <laughs> I had that. My ten years ago, I had this like kick of of gym and exercise fanaticism. Sure, gay male, yes, <laughs> yes, because you have to. Because <laughs> ladies, let me tell you. Oh, I know, I know. One of my the, my friend in New York, he's probably possibly one of the most attractive men I've ever seen in my life. He's like Rafe finds his better looking brother, like like way better than Joseph. Like he's like just he's beautiful. Um, but he is thirty seven, and so he's like, in, I mean, he's in New York, and he's like, ah, there's some clubs I can't go to anymore, and I'm like, it's gonna be a terrible come down from your from your reign, my friend. <laughs> Yes, thir- thirty-seven is sixty in gay years. Yeah, no, I. So I when he turned yeah. thirty, I was like, "Congratulations, you're gay, dad." <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do now, but no, he tra- he travels the world and goes to circuit parties in Barcelona and has the most beautiful body I've ever seen on a human being. And I'm like, "Oh, but you're still probably in, the, in that bracket where, in in the gay world, you're undateable. Like, probably at this point, because yeah, he's thirty-seven. So. Well, and not only that, but the, the, not to not to prolong the discussion, but I <laughs> I do have to say, um, part of the problem is is that very often with gay guys, and I'm 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 assuming gay women as well, you basically go through all the stuff that my students are going through about ten years later than everybody else. Right, because you can't do it in high school. Right. Because you, I mean, it's changing a lot. Like I'm so happy when I see the kids out and and able to ask each other out in in high school. Right. My my school very very good with with everybody is fine with. We've had transgender kids. We've oh, had wonderful. gay kids in relationships, and nobody bats an eye. And it's it's just wonderful. We're very lucky Thank in goodness. that regard. Yeah. Yes. But uh, so it's changing. But you got to remember, for those of us who are in our 30s or 40s, there's reasons why, you know, a lot of gay guys, older gay guys have not met anybody is because all the teenage stuff we had to do during our 20s. Right, right. Yeah, no, I remember I remember when I when I met this friend, he was he was 20, probably 22 or 23. And he was he was telling everyone he was bi. And I met him and I was like, oh, honey, (laughs) I mean, I know. You would cling to some sort of like, but no one here cares, man. You can just be you. But yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a 
I just, I hate it. I hate, it's, it's like watching, you know, a king getting deposed. I just, I hate it for him. And I, and, yeah. I, and he has a lot of, he, he is looking for the love of his life and, and he's a wonderful man. I, he's amazing. But he's looking, you know, with these, these 20 something year old, you know, beautiful male model types. And I'm like, nope, you need, I said, you're going to, you're going to find him when you're in your, your, your mid forties is when you'll find him and he'll be in his mid forties. And you guys will have just given up on this dream of just being the most beautiful people in the room and just be, you know, actually end up being the most beautiful people in the room. Yeah, I was just going to say, the, the thing that sucks is that they're still going to be the most beautiful people in the room. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, and now even more so because, God damn it, they're in love. Exactly. And they have experience. They don't care about all that superficial crap. Uh, <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. <laughs> well, Kelly, this has just been an absolute wonderful morning so thank you so much for being on the show do you have any shout outs to give to anybody oh well i i i too i've had a wonderful time this has been been great um i would i'll do a, a shout out to my pod pals hashtag pod pals we're a, a network uh, mostly a twitter network of um really great geek related uh shows uh geeky movies um you know general comic book talk and, and all that and reviews of stuff um if you if you listen to my show and like my show, then you'll like the the rest of the pod pals and you can find them with just with the hashtag pod pals. They're always talking on there. And anyone who has followed this link from my show <laughs> to listen, um, <laughs> this is a great show. You should also subscribe to and listen to Geekitude is, is awesome. I've, I've listened to uh, a couple of episodes now getting ready for this and I really like it. So you're in my subscription feed. Um, well, thank you. But yeah, so so any listeners uh, from my show, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's all for me. But thank you, dude. Thank you for having me. This was this was loads of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'd like to do a quick shout out to uh, well, first to you for being on the show. It, it, it's it's fun to to get to know all these different podcasters and and everybody has their own geek thing, and so it's so fun to just kind of share. Um, I'd also like to, uh, again, send another shout-out to the WEC podcast people because we've been talking a lot on Twitter and we're hoping to get them on the show at some point. They're just, they're just a very fun group of people. And um, this week, um, or last week, I posted a, uh, a thing on Dumbbells and Dragons, which is a, a website for geek fitness, Ooh. talking about my, my attempts to get back into some sort of shape that's not round. <laughs> and... Uh, and I, I got a very, very nice uh, comment from from one of the women on the White podcast that was like, we're rooting for you. And it's it's always nice to have to know you've got people out there. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it makes the journey a little bit easier. So I did want to acknowledge that and send a shout out there. So um, this next week, we're hoping to talk to the women of the YouTube channel Creature which is in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign right now to bring us a fan-made Gem in the Holograms movie. Yes. Be yes, because the other one was... Uh, well, I, I don't know how bad it was because nobody saw it. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so we're hoping to talk to them next week. Uh, hopefully they're they're going to be able to, to hop in here with us. And so that's what we're going to do next week. How about you, Kelly? What do you got coming up this week? Um, This week I'm going to be recording uh, a show. I still I, – I fly by the seat of my pants. I know what my table flips are going to be about, which is where I am angry about a thing. But my topics usually come about two days before <laughs> I record. <laughs> um, but uh, if you want to uh, listen to any of, of my stuff uh, coming up, uh, you can find it all at matinghabitsofmoderngeek.com. Um, but yeah, I, I, who knows? There'll be a new show uh, on Monday, uh, the 
I don't even know what date that is. <laughs> but this is how we do things. This is how we do things over at Mating Habits. It's very much like, who's around? Come do a show with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Well, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at uh, joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude and me personally at Epic Grays. Kelly, how can we find you? You can find my show and everything related to it at www.matinghabitsofthemoderngeek.com and uh, you can follow the show at Mating Habits or me personally at Kelly Disagrees and that's Kelly spelled K-E-L-L-E-Y. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And for all of those of you out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek. Keep it geek.